Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, where we shine the spotlight on the many but often ignored positive happenings, activities, projects and investments at every level across every sector to inspire, motivate and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, Red Stripe, Caramed and Proven Investments Limited, Minister Floyd Green, it's such a pleasure to have you back on Impacting Jamaica. I am happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Awesome. Last time we talked about you as, you know, not just as a minister, but as a little boy growing up in Jamaica and some of the values that you, you were instilled in you coming up. Today, however, we want to talk about your ministerial portfolio and one of the most significant initiatives right now for the government of Jamaica is the NIDS, the National Identification System. And indeed, yeah. there has been a lot of news and information and controversy in the public domain. But as minister now with the portfolio for NIDS, can you again define for our listeners locally and overseas what the NIDS is in its current form and remind us of the main components? Okay, yeah, well, 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 again, thank you. And I, I'm actually hoping to talk a little bit about our national education system. I, I do believe it is probably our most important initiative for this, our 60th year. And it's an initiative which, unfortunately, we have been trying to do for the past 50 years from as far back as the 1970s, but we, we have not gotten it done. And, and what is it? That at the core, it is really for our society to be able to identify the members of the society, for us to truly be able to provide a unique identifier for each member of our society. So our national identification system is really a database that will capture information and that will give a unique number to everybody who is in the database. But more than that, it's really a tool to unlock our digital world and to really lead our digital transformation. And, and let me try to explain why identification is, is so important. Yeah. You see, what we have done in Jamaica, because we haven't set up a database where we can truly identify our people, is that we've used different databases to try to prove identity, right? So some people have their voters ID, which was really set up to um, indicate people who are registered to vote. Some people have a tearing number, they have the birth certificate number mm -hmm. and, and a birth certificate. And what it means is that when you go to transact any business, oftentimes you are called upon to do more to prove that you are who you say you are. You're called upon to do more because one, a lot of those systems were not really built to provide a unique identifier so they do not have the sort of security features that you would put into a unique identification system. So mm -hmm. in order to ensure that the person who is producing the ID isn't someone else, they normally, Shelly and I ask for more. You know, they may ask you to bring two pieces of identification. They may ask you to bring your ID card plus a letter from a justice of the peace or plus photographs that are signed by a justice of the peace just to prove that mm. you are who you say you are. Now, that has made us very inefficient. That has made all of our lives very difficult. 
you know, you just have to think about opening a bank account and you realize how challenging. When you talk to people, other places, they say, well, within 20 minutes, we get a bank account home. But we have to bring so many different documentations, largely because of the know your client requirements and because mm-hmm. they need to be able to truly say you are who you say you are. So needs will treat with that in one aspect. In other words, needs will give you the opportunity to come in with your foundation documents for us to do the verification so that when we input you in the system to capture critical information, capture a picture, capture your fingerprints, so that when you say, when you present the card, say, this is who it is, it can be legitimately verified. And also, NIDS will be the first card of its nature that has the security features that go with a unique identifier. And I mean, you know, I have gone through the process, um, Shelly and to sit down with the international team, and it is an international consortium of companies, um, companies from Jamaica, from Europe, from Brazil, from uh, Latin America, that have come together to work on the design of the card, to work on the security features of the card. And I can tell you, this will be the most secure identification card we have ever seen, and not by Jamaica standards, by regional and international standards. So that is one aspect in terms of what the national identification system will do. But quickly, the other aspect is that we have developed these databases, but they don't speak to each other Mm. because they were never formulated like that. So if you are to go to transact some business at the tax office and you bring your voter's ID, you probably will still need to populate a form with most of the information that you use to get your voter's ID, right? Um, You're still unable to use those identifiers to unlock services online because you don't have a digital signature that you can use to sign and authenticate documents to say you really are you say you are. So the national identification system will develop a database that can also speak to other entities. So it can be organized in such a way that if you are going to the tax office and you give permission for your data to be shared, then you can use it to unlock those services and you won't have to share information that you have already shared. Mm -hmm. So automatically it cuts our processing time tremendously right so it is also that enabler to allow us to really organize our digital affairs differently and to get them done so i'm hearing you push efficiency as part of the win with the nets right and i'm assuming that when this comes into effect I won't have to bring my just my letter from the Justice of the Peace, um, letter stamped by the Justice of the Peace and the, my driver's license along with the NIDS ID. That's, so yeah, that's so kind it, of what we're saying. Yeah, so where we want to go really is, 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 is to be able to consolidate a, a lot of the different forms of identifiers that we now use mm-hmm. that we've had to develop because we never had a central one, right? Mm-hmm. So to, to be honest, over time, where we want to go is that you won't necessarily need a separate card to say that you're licensed to drive a motor vehicle because okay. all of that information can be captured on your identification card. Okay, okay. Right? And remember where we're going now is that if, if, if an officer were to stop you 
The idea is to have the officers equipped with the electronic devices that if you were to have a national identification card and that ID card is an EID card, it's electronic enabled, that an officer could swim simply, um, you know, swipe your card or flash your card and be able to get the information about you being able to drive. You know, that is where we're going to go already by law. And, and just to let your you know, listeners know that all of this is supported by legislation. Mm -hmm. So you can go look at the National Identification and Registration Act that was passed in Parliament in November 2021. So again, all of these things enable that one, you can use the identification in that shape and manner. And what we have decided to do is instead of reinventing the wheel, we do have a lot of people, Shalian, who they have their TRN number, mm -hmm. right? And they've gotten their TRN number. They've gotten used to their TRN number, right? We will allow people to be able to transition that TRN number into their identification number, right? So automatically, we can get rid of the TRN card. Mm. So the plan is over time to really consolidate all of these identifiers. And I do believe, as I've seen happen in other countries that are further along this chain than us, that once we have significant take up, that we will reach a stage where even things like your voter's ID, you won't need it because again, all you would need to do is show your national identification card. It will say that you're over 18 year, years old, so therefore you are able to able to cast your vote. You know, there are countries in the world that people do online voting in their general election mm -hmm. using a unique identifier. So that that is where we want to go. But just to make two critical points, because I know there was a lot of conversation earlier when this just started. Yes. So this is a voluntary system. That's where I was going. Right. Yes, yes. Yeah, so it is a voluntary system. So we, we are not trying to mandate people to enter into the National Identification Registry to take a National Identification card. We will be asking people to come and enroll and to sign up. But again, I think especially because we have seen how inefficient we have been as a country mm -hmm. and we will see the clear usefulness of having this one unique identifier that a lot of people will sign up um, for the system. So it is voluntary. And uh, I think that's an important point to note. That's, that's, that, that's a difference from obtained before in terms of it being voluntary, I believe. And I think if, if you're looking at using the efficiency that will be brought to bear, so you don't have to present your voter's ID or the other your driver's license when you're stopped one card i think you know that you're you're banking on that as being the selling point for people to want yeah. to to come on board plus, and to choose to come on board uh, absolutely plus it 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 will be the most secure database that we will have for identity information i want you to and expand think, on that minister yeah, because that and, was and my third question about security yeah, because safety I, and security has been one of the criticisms and especially absolutely. with other websites that have been hacked in recent times yeah. there has uh, been absolutely. how can you guarantee you know how how yeah, can we stand I, behind I, it i'll take it from from two angles i'll take it from the, the actual card angle 
the physical card that people get, and then I'll take it from the systems angle. But but again, you know, over years, for years, people have spoken about um, people using fraudulent identification cards. Mm -hmm. You know, um, just the other day, I, I mean, about early in 2022, there was a case before the court where a gentleman was hauled before the court for presenting a fake driver's ID, mm -hmm. right? Um, again, these things happen largely because the systems were not necessarily designed to, to, to focus on protected identification. And as such, the things that are needed to ensure that it is as close to foolproof as possible mm -hmm. were not instilled, right? Okay. So I can tell you that the physical card that we will present um, will have about 26 different security features. Okay. It will be very, very, very difficult for somebody to recreate a copy of the physical card. So already we will be raising the bar in terms of that physical identification that you walk around with and the worry that somebody could try to recreate it and use your image and steal your identity in that regard. So it will help on the physical side. But again, more important now is what will happen on the system side and the database side and the data side. And a couple of things that I think is important for, for you and the listeners to know. One, you know, because we went through the process of having an act and having the court give an opinion on it and going back through a joint select committee, it is safe to say that no act is as strong on data protection as the National Identification and Registration Act. Mm. It legislates some things that are first in, in the history of our country. So for the first time, we have an act that says when your data is collected and entered, it has to be encrypted on entry. In essence, when I get your information, Shelly, and let us say I am the person collecting your data and I type in Shelly Ann Harris, and I click that enter and it goes into that data set, it goes in a format mm -hmm. that cannot be deciphered unless you have authorized access. Okay. So I could not just take it up and read it and say, oh, this is Shelly Ting and this is where she lives. And no, right? So legislatively, by law, it has to be encrypted on entry. And the only people who access it are people who are authorized to access it because only they will have what you call the, the keys to unlock the deciphering, to decipher that information and to see what it actually is. So that's a big step. Additionally, mm -hmm. the National Identification Registration Act falls under the Data Protection Act. And it is the authority that will manage our identity information. They have to adhere to the Data Protection Act. And that deals with how can they trade with data, exchange data, how can they give people access to your data, there are strict provisions that makes it illegal for people to be able to access your data or to share your data without you authorizing it. Mm -hmm. So not only do we put that in the actual act, we have a bigger act that the 
national identification system has has to adhere to. So it's it's literally like creating, you know, two gatekeepers. Yes, mm -hmm. two gatekeepers because one at the data protection level, you're going to have the information commissioner, who is an independent body and akin to like our integrity commission or our auditor general, or what we used to call our contractor general that they are commissions of parliament and they can investigate on their own whether the national identification system is living up to its standards, mm -hmm. whether it is treating with our data in a manner that is allowed by law. And clearly, if it is not so doing, there are criminal sanctions, not just civil, criminal okay. sanctions, jail time, if people believe they can go in and try and share your information with somebody who's not supposed to get it. Jail time, and I mean, jail time of up three years and it goes up, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. So we have that level of protection, but also in the National Identification Act, we have a separate oversight that we establish that is independent of the entity that is going to be managed by the Electoral Commission of Jamaica. And, you know, I think we all know that one of the things that we've gotten right in this country is our transformation of our electoral affairs. Agreed. From a state where people used to say, boy, you can't trust the elections, to now we have probably the freest and fairest elections in the Western world. Agreed. Right? And that was done by the ECJ, providing oversight. So they are going to provide oversight for the National Identification Registrar, Registration Authority. That is the entity that will have all our data and they're going to ensure that they're living up to the principles and standards of data protection. The final thing, clearly what you want to do is to build out your systems to withstand um, attacks, mm -hmm. to have strong incident response mechanisms if those attacks come. And the good news is that we're building out the system now at a time where the world is completely digital. Uh, yeah, digital, <laughs> aware. You know, these things are not strange concepts. You know mm -hmm. that you have to build your system to withstand these cyber attacks yeah. and we can learn. So we're, we're working with Estonia, who has done a really good job at the national identification system. And we're utilizing not, not, not Jamaica standards, in relation to the security of the system, but international best standards, and we're building out the system to those standards. So when I say we have tried to cover the full gamut to make people feel safe and comfortable, we have done so, but we've done so for a very practical reason. You see, the National Identification Database will not only have your information, Shelley, it will have mine. Mm -hmm. It will have my sons. It will have the prime ministers. So we have to ensure that no stone is left unturned in protecting that database because it will have identities right across the full gamut of our society. And now a word from our sponsors. A toast only works if it's shared with others, even when we're miles apart. So let's cheer each other on. Cheers to the best in life. Drink and live responsibly. A message from Red Stripe, part of the Heineken Company. Manpower, a better living. 
Searching for a one-stop solution to all your facility's maintenance needs? Visit Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center. We stock a wide range of COVID-19 washroom, cleaning and other supplies, gardening tools, chemicals, and more. Our experts are always ready to give you the best advice. Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center, 14 Collins Green Avenue, Kingston, Freeport Commercial Center, Montego Bay, and 33 Ward Avenue, Mandeville. Visit or call us today, 876-920-47215. Welcome back to our podcast. You know, you have made a case for the robust nature of the system, of the database. And, you know, I'm familiar with, you know, the good work that Estonia has done. And I'm hoping that we can look at, you know, the lessons learned from their implementation of the system and apply yeah. it here in terms of how we go about it. And it's, it's heartwarming to hear of the changes that have been made to the act that was passed in November and it being voluntary also disarms people and all of that. And I think that's great. But sometimes I wonder if there isn't a sentiment that, you know, you put all these wonderful international security measures in place, but, you know, Jamaicans can find a way to break the system. You, you know that sentiment culturally, right? Yeah, well, so, and, and sometimes it affects, it affects just kind of perception. So is there anything, I mean, you said so much already about just well, how much has gone into it. Is there anything uh, you can say in response to that? I think that is why we will develop the best system in the world because we're coming from the space where it is being developed by Jamaicans for Jamaicans and we know Jamaicans. Mm. So we know how talented our people are. <laughs> talented. We know how brilliant our people are. I'm telling you. Um, and, and we know. So that's why when I tell you that we've gone, take, let's take the card. You know, um, some of our other cards probably have about, I would say, seven, eight, maybe 12. Um, we said 26. Features. Wow. But 26. <laughs> right. I mean, we have gone the full gamut. And, and when we unveil the card, clearly we will share some of them, but not all of them. Mm -hmm. We have gone the full, you know, let, let me tell you, and, and, and I've been learning. So in, in, in the security cards world, right, um, and things like your credit cards and things like identification cards, you will have level one, level two, level three in terms of security features, with level three being the highest security feature. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, we have features across every single level. Okay. So we have level one features, we have level two features, and we have level three features, right? Because um, we, we appreciate, we appreciate the, the people that we are, we are designing the card for. Okay. Um, and I think we've taken that into account. And I think that's the best we can do right now. So I appreciate yeah. you responding to that. Um, yeah. We have about three or four minutes left in this podcast. Mm -hmm. And I just want to quickly ask you to, you know, put the needs into context for those, you know, in the diaspora as well, who want to do business with us. Um, and, and also locally for us in Jamaica in terms of what to expect going forward. Those are the two points I'd want you to, to try and, and, and respond to as we try to come to an end in a few minutes. The diaspora yeah. and doing business. And then for us now, what to expect? What's next? Yeah, I think it, it will make it easier for Jamaicans to do business in Jamaica and with Jamaican companies and government entities. Um, wholesale right across the board both for those who are here and for those who live in the diaspora again a lot of the diaspora people uh, have complained bitterly about um, the, the lack of 
online services. And mm-hmm. we have definitely gotten better. I think COVID has helped us and we've moved a number of things online. But normally we, we still can't go to the full extent that we need to go, especially because of, of a lack of a framework that allows you to really digitally sign documents that you know could stand up for scrutiny in court and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, the needs will bring that. So with the national identification system, you will have your digital signature embedded. So you can use that to um, unlock a number of services. And what yeah. we expect to happen. That's is interesting. That, mm. Yeah. Okay. So what, what we expect to happen, we're moving into the phase now where we're bringing together implementation task force of public and the private sector. And we will look at the various use cases that we, we can we can utilize the needs for. So definitely we do expect that automatically the banks will come on board and it will start to be easier to open a, a bank account if it's even a low tier bank account. Um, but you know you won't have to go through a number of the identity things because we will do it for you on the back end if you understand okay. yeah, I do. the fact mm-hmm. you have your identification card. We're going to be seeing now what more systems can we move online you know um how can we reach a stage where we have things like yeah, online birth certificates that you can literally apply for and get a digital copy using your national identification system without having to come to jamaica having to visit the rgd all of that just imagine a world imagine a jamaica like that mm-hmm. right imagine a jamaica where you don't have to travel from country to apply for your PAP benefit because you can do everything online. You don't have to go into our office. You can just put in your unique identifier Mm -hmm. that will already have your information there. So you put in the additional information that we don't have. You digitally sign and you submit that. And the Ministry of Labor and Social Security has that and can start processing your PAP benefits. And deposit your money. And deposit your money. (laughs) And remember now, this is being built out against the framework where the Bank of Jamaica is building out digital currency, right? Which will, I'm very sure, come with now a digital wallet, which from you have an e-card, you could reach a stage where you have your digital wallet on your e-card, right? And the money can literally be sent to your identification card. And if the supermarket is so equipped, you walk in the supermarket, you flash your card and you spend your money. No, we're not there yet. And it's an exciting but scary concept for yeah. me personally, to be honest with I you. I understand, but you see, the, 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 the reality, it, it's exciting, but it's scary. It is scary but, too. But, mm-hmm. but, but the, the reality is that it, it's the direction of the world, Yeah. right? And, you know, I remember, I, I tell this story, I remember I, I went to uh, McDonald's in, in the UK probably about four years ago. And I walked in and I was a little discombobulated because I stood there looking for the person to come <laughs> take my order behind the counter. And everybody I saw behind the counter were packing. Nobody was at the cash register. And then I stopped and I looked around and I realized that they had stalls. Little, for you to make um, your order. Yeah. Yeah. You just walk up, you make your order, you pay with your credit card. There's no cash and um, it prints your receipt and you go up and take the order. You know, one of the things I did in my constituency recently um, with a company called WePay is that we wanted to give grants to our healthcare workers, right? And we decided that we we're going to give a hundred grants. Uh, I think it could have been $6,000. Um, 
And just to show you how easy this makes life, right? So once the hospital, the health services identified the 100 people, all they had to do was to send us their names and their numbers. We pay sent them a QR code that had, well, was the grant. And we had the places that they could use the grant, uh, supermarket, uh, Lashin's restaurant, Carly's pharmacy, um, a Petcom gas station mm -hmm. with the QR readers. And my healthcare workers, they just drove up to the gas station, showed them the QR code, on the their phone? Is, on their the, phone. Okay. The QR code is scanned and the money is processed and they get their gas. And remember now, just to put it in context, it would have taken probably two minutes, a minute, between submitting the name, the QR code coming back, and then however long they want to drive to the gas station or however long they want to keep it. But mm -hmm. once they spend it, I have a record that Shelly Ann would have spent it at the gas station, right? And for transparency and accountability, that's great. So I can literally say that we gave out 100 grants, two people never used the grants, 98 people used the grants, 30% of them used the grants for gas, 40% use it for food. You understand? Yeah, so I next mean, time you can know that you should continue with get that gas station as a partner. Uh, yeah, man, absolutely. I get you. I get you. So I'm not bothered with it, it, the ones it, that I didn't use. You know? Absolutely. So, so I get and it's you. real time. And guess what? They got, so if, if we had done that by check, they would have had to cash the check and they would have had to pay 100, 150 out of the check, right? Mm -hmm. So they get the entirety of the grant without any cost. So I'm saying that we are moving into a world of digital transformation, right? You, you know, that project you just described has implications for banking too, in terms of where the bank falls in that process. Yeah, well, if, 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 the, so, banks, if the banks, the reality, if the banks don't shape up, hmm. if the banks don't make it easier, and less cumbersome and less costly for people to treat with their own money, then absolutely. Mm. But the banks will tell you that they are going to embrace these forms of digital currency because it makes the transaction fees go down. But again, we want competition in that space. Mm -hmm. So I'm telling you all of this because you know sometimes we think about the national identification card, and we just think about it as a card and, and not as an enabler for digital services. And especially in rural Jamaica, mm -hmm. that for years, we've been forced to travel to urban spaces, to transact the most mundane, the most basic of business. You know, time come for, for level the playing field, and the only way we can mm -hmm. do that is, is through technology. Spoken like a true man from the country, <laughs> um, looking out for, for all of us, really and truly. Um, there is so much more 
that we we could yes. talk about. I think and we just we just started to 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 get into the discussion. There's so much more, and I'd love to have you back to talk further because you know digital currency, the Bank of Jamaica, the the how everything fits together. Um, I think is going to be necessary. But before I release you, I'd love for you to just tell our Jamaican listeners, everyone actually, what the next steps are. What are what what can we expect next as it relates to the NITS before we close? Yeah, so so our next steps um, is to start our enrollment process, right? Mm -hmm. So we do have some more legislative work to do. So we have to bring some regulations and those regulations really will speak to um, the process by which third parties will be able to interact with the database and things like authorization and you know if it is that you are transacting um, business with a bank and the bank wants to get your identification information the process that they would have to go through and when they get it um restrictions on what they can do with it you know things mm -hmm. of that nature so we're going to do that legislative work i want to have that done over the next two months mm -hmm. and then we're going to start with a pilot project because i think it's very okay. important for us to work um, out the kinks see the process yeah mm -hmm. so you know it means people actually have to bring in their birth certificates and will sign up for the card and we have to ensure that that process is not cumbersome, as simple as possible, but still gets the critical information so that when we say you are who you say you are, it's a fact. So right. we will work out that through a pilot process in Kingston and St. Andrew. I want to start that in the second half of this year. Mm -hmm. And once we do that and we look at any shortcomings and we fix them, then we will roll out island-wide. So hopefully um, by the end of this year to early next year, we should be starting that island-wide rollout. Awesome. I will then want to connect with you again, I guess, over the next couple of months to see where we are after the regulations have been passed no and problem. pilot you know, is can, ready and so on. Yes, you know, we can chat we can again. Probably come down and, and see see the enrollment center in operation. Yes, that would so, be awesome. All right. Minister Green, it's been a pleasure. Let's do it again soon. Thank Anytime. you for being with Thank us. You. Impact in Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Red Stripe, Kyramed, and Proven Investments Limited. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate, and encourage, send us an email to impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on Google Podcast, Audible, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and Stitcher. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com.